Hey, welcome to Vibrant Potential. I am your host, Dr. Chris Frickman. Today, our guest is Anthony Angaro. He writes a great blog called BreakTheTwitch.com. He writes about being a minimalist and intentional living in the digital age. So today we talk a little bit about, we actually define minimalism and if you are one and if you want to be one, if that would serve you, why you would want to do that, all that good stuff. In particular, Break the Twitch is not just about minimalism, but it's about that knee-jerk reaction that we sometimes can get where we just want to reach for our phone and check the social media whenever we get an extra minute. This show is all about helping you reach your vibrant potential. Not to say that checking Facebook or being on social media or using technology is going to limit you. I actually think that in some ways technology can help you reach your vibrant potential. But as we talk about in today's episode, the tool is just neutral. Using the tool intentionally will help you to reach your vibrant potential. It'll help you to go in the direction that you really want to go instead of just going where it's easiest in that particular moment. Anthony just released his new e-course called Daily Action Course. I highly recommend it. It's a great value. And I recommend going to my show notes where you can find a promo code that he is releasing just to you, the listener of Vibrant Potential. So go to www.drchrisfrickman.com slash break the twitch so that you can get your promo code for his course, as well as some other notes and resources about some of the stuff that we talk about in today's episode. So without further ado, here's Anthony Angaro. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So you have a great blog. It's called BreakTheTwitch.com, and I love your story. I want to start out by asking you to kind of share a little bit about it. You just made a huge shift. So later this week, I'm going to be releasing another story about someone who's making like a huge shift. This week, it's kind of like a theme for me, a huge shift, okay? So nice. uh, tell, me about, tell me about your huge shift and why you decided to do it. Definitely. Well, for the last three years or so, I've been working for the bike sharing nonprofit in Minneapolis. So, um, you know, a lot of people have the story about quitting their uh, kind of evil corporate job to go <laughs> freelance. And unfortunately, I don't have that same story. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I had a job that I really loved and uh, for a lot of reasons. And but then kind of just took the opportunity to uh, take I don't know if it, it's a leap or not, but it's a bit of an adventure to build my own uh thing very cool well so tell me about your own thing 
Yeah, so breakthetwitch.com is a, a blog that I've been writing for about a year and a half at this point. And I blog and I make videos and I create all kinds of things that help people in essence, align their daily actions with long-term vision. So mm. I have this idea that everyone has a vision for their lives. We may not have an exact plan or specific goals, but in our mind, we kind of have this idea of who we are and how we spend our time. And with the um, age of Facebook and, and Amazon one-click spending and all these things, people don't tend to align our days with the way that we want our lives to look. Most people don't realize that 40 minutes a day on Facebook in small one minute bursts ends up being like 300 hours a year mm. spent on Facebook. Mm. And, um, no one starts off the year saying, Hey, you know what? This year I, I just, I'm so excited to spend, you know, about 300 hours on Facebook. <laughs> no one's saying that. So I'm going to go ahead and just challenge that a little bit. And I'm going to ask, you have this idea that a lot of people have, an idea at least about what they want their life to be like or who they are, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the thought that it sparks in me. I feel like more people know what they don't want. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you ask, so if you would ask them, I mean, I feel like it's like one out of 20 people or something that if you ask them, Hey, uh, Anthony, what are you all about right now? Oh, well, I've got breakthetwitch.com. I'm trying to help people uh, intentionally live in a, in a digital age. And, you know, and like you actually have like a thing that you're like kind of clearly doing right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the more common thing is like, well, they might, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, whatever. I'm a teller at this bank or, you know, or like whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, are you an athlete? Uh, I not, I don't know, not really. Like, it, it, like they... They know like what they don't do, but they, mm -hmm. they don't really have a super clear idea about who they are and stuff like that. So what, what are your thoughts about that? And how does that fit in with Break the Twitch? Well, you know, that's a good question. I, I suppose why I say it exactly like I say it, so a vision as opposed to specific goals or things like that is yeah. what I ask people to do is imagine what their ideal day might be. Okay. So instead of thinking like, what are the accomplishments that you've achieved, you know, in over the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. I, I have people kind of picture their ideal day. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what the vision is. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking about that, I don't mean, I don't mean like, Oh, well, I just, I lay on the beach for 10 hours <laughs> and then I drink eight martini. Like not that kind of like what we might consider a vacation day, because typically people, work really hard a lot of the time like you said in a job maybe they're not super happy with and then they get two weeks a year so they're just like off right mm -hmm. um but my friend so a friend of mine joshua becker um uh, he writes a site called becomingminimalist.com mm -hmm. and he told me he said i think people should vacation so they can work better and that really started to get something going in my mind in terms of how to view vacation and how to view work, like what work is. So in that instance, when I try to get people thinking of their vision and like what they want for their lives, I try to get them to structure an ideal day. And that might look like waking up without an alarm, you know, after eight hours of sleep or however much you need. 
um, you know, getting up, making breakfast with your, your family, um, you know, going out for a jog or a run, because if you're living your ideal day every day, you're going to want to live it for as long as you can. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to get some, some physical exercise in there, stay healthy. Um, working maybe for four hours on writing a book or writing a blog or creating content, because I think that everyone is, is a creator when it comes down to it. If people have the mentality of giving, uh, everyone can create, everyone is creative. So, I agree with that. You know, I, I really think that that's the case. So even if someone is like, uh, I don't, I'm <laughs> the people that are focusing on kind of like, well, I know that I don't want to do this job anymore. Uh, things like that, you know, there's still a ton of opportunity, but I think what's important is for those people necessarily to not focus on what they don't want, but in, instead focus on what they do want. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a bit of, um, of the secret going on in, in that aspect too, right? Like focusing on the things and the direction that, that we want to have happen to us as opposed to just kind of like thinking, but I think it's hard for people to come up with a lot of people, uh, frequent emails that I get say, so I get it. I get how this is great. This framework, daily action, all this stuff, it, it makes sense, right? Um, how we accomplish our dreams or our vision, but I just don't know what I want. Right. Like people, I get these emails that are like, I just, how do I come up with the things that will excite me? Yeah. Like totally. That's, that's kind of what I was, was what I was trying to point to Mm -hmm. like, uh, create your life or, um, you know, something, something trite like that. And it's like, well, how, like what, (laughs) you know, like what, what, what do I want? How do I know? (laughs) Yep. And what I'll, and I, I actually am writing a post about this right now because it's something that comes up over and over and I see this thing and I, it's not like I have all the answers like, Oh, go throw three stones mm-hmm. into the local pond and then spin around twice. And then it's like, you'll have your answer. It's, mm-hmm. You know, this is not like that, but um, there is a perspective that I've found throughout my life of uh, infinitely trying things and either failing at them or really liking them a lot. Mm. And I think that that journey of, again, action, the framework of, of just taking daily action and then adjusting. So if you, um, if you want to try running, just running for like two minutes a day or just walking, then uh, walk for three minutes a day, then walk for 20 minutes a day eventually after a couple of weeks, right? That's right. I read on your blog that you're, I mean, I don't, this could be slightly old news, but you were at the time you were meditating like three minutes a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was sick. Yeah. Six minutes a day. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. And I've, I've since bumped up to, to 20, but okay. Um, yeah, it, it was weird because initially I wanted to, to do that. I wanted to meditate, but I was feeling too much resistance to doing it to 20. I, I had it on my little, I have this app called momentum. Mm. And it tracks your daily activities. So you just check them off when you're done every day, and then it moves on to the next day. It's it's a great app. And so <laughs> I was using that, and I was just skipping the meditation one because it's like oh, 20 minutes is just too long for me to do. <laughs> and so I just reduced the time until it became uh, really not an issue anymore. Um, yeah, until until it became not an issue. And, and by doing that, you remove the resistance because it becomes, well, 
of course I can sit for two minutes or three minutes. Actually, yeah, you reminded me. It's actually, it was actually two minutes. Um, so it was really short. <laughs> it was like two minutes. Yeah. Um, that's right. Um, yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, I work out every day and if you set the bar at like two pushups, then pff, who can't do two pushups or whatever, you know? And, and if you can't, exactly. then do them from your knee or, you know, or whatever, like do it where, whatever you have to set it at to make it be like ridiculously easy. And then like, you might be like, Oh, you know what I did too. You know what? I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm doing five pushups today. You know, you might right. just like just do that or whatever. Yeah. In fact, that's so in my, the, I, I just created a video called uh, one small change that creates massive results and it's all about that um so that's that's um one of the more recent things it's all about how you can change from saying i'm going to do something to just simply doing the smallest unit of that thing so if you have some large task that seems overwhelming that you just keep putting off like going to the gym you can do one air squat right now and do that every day for seven days and then do two air squats every day for seven days and I guarantee you by the end of the year, you're going to have some strong legs. Or you'll decide that you don't like to squat and then you can move on. It reminds me of, uh, I, can't, I can't think of who the author is, but it's a somewhat recent book. And he talks about always being in beta. Mm. In other words, don't worry about, so we're talking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of asking you like, well, Anthony, how do you help people like figure out what they do want? Because a lot of people only know what they don't want. Like, well, I don't want to go to this job anymore. You know, like, well, what do you want? But if you, I, th- I think one of the answers is always be in beta. Like, okay, well, I think I want to meditate. And I don't know why, it just seems cool. I, or mm-hmm. I read something that like, it increases your alpha waves and I heard that was good or something or, or whatever, like whatever your reasoning is sure. for, for a certain thing. I'm going to try tea instead of coffee, whatever. Okay. So then just do that little thing, I, you know, kind of like, you know, you can use this tip about like starting small and upping your game and stuff. And then you can remember if you decide that it's not serving you, don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's a constant flux because but we, um, whether we like it or not, we are changing every day as people. Hmm. We have new experiences. And unless we are completely just shutting out those experiences yeah. in a way that does not allow us to reflect upon them and, and grow as people, yeah. we are growing and changing every day. So my ideal day right now, if I'm talking about meditating for 20 minutes, I might want to meditate for two hours hmm. in a year or two from now, a hmm. day, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that that's going to be true or not, but I'm just, that'd be cool. Right. If you get it like, wow, you know, I'm really seeing these benefits from 20 minutes. What if I did it for 30 mm-hmm. and what if I did it for 40? Mm-hmm. And I think we just have this ability, you know, we're not trapped into any of this stuff, especially the small immediate actions, the ones that are here and now that don't require any investment. Really. You can just kind of do them with your day. You can sit outside and eat breakfast. You know, you can maybe not right now in Minnesota, sounds, but sounds nice. It does. So labels are kind of a funny thing, I think. And it's funny because we're talking about like kind of like reinventing ourselves, always being in beta or however, whatever words we want to use about it. And so I'm present right at this moment to the fact that we have these labels that we put on other people or ourselves. I'm an athlete. I'm a minimalist. I'm a whatever I am. Um, and and we do that for the same reason that in uh you know from where my training is uh in in healthcare 
we, we do things ca called diagnoses. And in my, from my point of view, the reason that we would diagnose someone with an issue is simply so that we can talk about it with ease with other, especially with other healthcare providers, but also if, if the, if the person, patient, client ha know is sort of educated, they might kind of be like, oh, you have diabetes. Okay, I know what that means or whatever. And it's like a sort of a quick way to make communication easier and quicker. Mm -hmm. But of course, the problem is, is like someone that has diabetes, they could be pre-diabetic. They could, I mean, and then they shouldn't be told that they have diabetes if they only have pre-diabetes. But you get where I'm going. It's like, there could, they could be pre-diabetic, they could be brittle diabetic, they could be diabetic with high blood pressure, they could be, you know, they, they could have retinal damage or nephropathy or all kinds of different issues with diabetes um, or not, right? And so it's like these labels are useful. And of course, we have to remember that they're just labels. They're, it's not supposed to be a definition of who you are. It's just a label to make communication easier. So with that long prelude, I want to ask, are you a minimalist? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, what's a minimalist? So a minimalist is anyone that continually promotes the things in their lives that bring them joy and removes the things that do not. Okay, so a minimalist can have stuff, right? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Okay. A minimalist can have stuff. In fact, I think that a lot of people make themselves miser miserable with minimalism mm. because they obsess about only having a certain number of things or they feel stress about the things that they do have. I, I just gave a talk about minimalism and, and like this thing that I call the false first step. And there were people that were like, you know, it was clear that there were some husbands that were brought along by their wives to <laughs> yeah, yeah. this thing. And they were, you know, they had a great time. That that they really enjoyed the, at a lot of places. <laughs> sure. Sure. And vice versa, right. Husbands that bring their wives or, or whatever, because it, it, it's on both sides of the table here, but you could tell that there was some initial anxiety around what it meant to get into minimalism that, you know, you can tell that people are like, this means I'm going to have to throw out that thing that I really love. Right. It mm. means you can't have stuff. No minimalism is a framework. And some people choose to be aesthetic minimalists. Sometimes people just decide to rid themselves. Did you say aesthetic or aesthetic? Aesthetic. So like, like from a, from a visual design perspective, they want very sparse, right? Okay. Minimalism does not necessarily mean sparse. It can, and it does for a lot of people. But to me, minimalism is like buying less stuff. It's, mm. it, it is using, using, because I want to travel, right? Like I love traveling. I love experiencing things, doing things. And I love having the things around me. I mean, the things I have are the things that allow me to create and learn. So those are the things that I love having around and that I, I don't mind spending money on because it allows me to create the videos that I make that I'm very proud of, that I'm continually trying to improve and, and make better for my audience. And that is my framework, right? So while minimalism might be intimidating as a word, and it is, I think, to a lot of people, they're kind of like, Ugh, like what? I don't want to get rid of all my stuff. You don't I have a wood shop. Like mm. it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to be like in, um, the, I don't have any stuff, but there are guys that, that are minimalist, like Colin Wright, 
that have 52 things and they travel the world with mm. two bags mm-hmm. and that's it. And they, they don't have a home base. They don't do that. And he, like Colin, he lives in a new country every four months mm. and his readers actually determine where he goes. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Wow. Okay. I'm not familiar with that dude, but yeah, that that's kind of what I'm getting at is, is, you know, how is this something that's like, reachable or attainable or even desirable for for people to be a minimalist Mm -hmm. i think everyone should be a minimalist Mm -hmm. everyone because why would you want to have why yeah so i think everyone on earth should be a minimalist (laughs) because Uh uh-oh you just said should (laughs) okay but here's why because it's simply like i said it's it's the intentional promotion of the things that that bring you joy the things that that bring you joy and it's the removal of things that do not so if you love spending time with your family why would you spend a lot of time not spending time with your family so that you can clean or do laundry of clothes that does not suit you right so i got rid of like 70 percent of my clothing i had 50 t-shirts from like events or you know logo tees or whatever and i have about 10 now And that's because I wore all of my clothing up to the point when I didn't have any good clothing left. And then I would wear all of the clothing that I didn't really even like anymore because I didn't want to do laundry. Mm. And then I found myself doing four or five hours of laundry, several loads. And then I'd be sitting there giving my time and energy to clothing, folding it that I didn't even like. Think about that. Like, how how awful is it that I was taking hours of my time to just fold and like whatever, take care of stuff that didn't bring me any joy, it didn't fit well on me or whatever. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that that filter can be applied to everything, right? Like that that example applies to um to all the, the physical items we have, to all the activities that that are just not serving us. Um, and families, you know, I I don't have children, but families are, are dynamic and unique in this example as well, I think, because you have, uh, um, different people with different interests and different, different visions for their own lives. Right. Even kids have a very unique vision for their lives. I think you have kids. Mm -hmm. No, no kids. I'm surprised that you, I'm surprised to hear someone that doesn't have kids say that. I, I, I have three kids and I agree with you that they are their own human beings and mm-hmm. they need care taken of them uh, to different varying degrees depending on where their age are and their development and all that stuff. But but they are very uh, unique individuals from right away, basically. So yeah. Very yeah, I have I have a niece and three nephews, and uh, okay, I've, okay. I've been around <laughs> a lot of kids throughout my life. So, um, you know, I I, I do, do know that they're uh, they are unique creators uh, on their own right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about family, you were saying that the dynamic of when more than one creative person comes into play with the another. Or? Mm-hmm. There's just uh, it's a little hard because when you, if you live by yourself or if you live with just a, a partner or a spouse you have two minds and two decisions about the things that you keep around and what you want to do. And when you have more than that, the more people you add, the, the different 
everyone has a different idea of what minimalism means because well this one t-shirt from college might be something that brings one person a lot of joy you know sometimes you can let that that could bother someone else maybe Right. right. Um, and that's a weird example because it's not, it doesn't really affect the other person, but there's just all kinds of ways to craft our existence. The whole point, I guess, is that I, I have this view that we get one life here on earth. Um, we get one life here on earth and I think that we should edit it ruthlessly and we should craft the life that we want to live. And if, you know, there's, the opportunity to come back at some point afterwards for another round. Wonderful. But, yeah. 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 But yeah, let's I mean, make each, let's make each go count. Exactly. So, how, do you have like a good tip about, I mean, I hate the word tip, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what other word to use here, but how does someone know if something, so they're going through their living room and they're just like looking objectively at each thing. Does this, this gives me joy. This gives me joy. How do they know it gives them joy versus comfort? There's a great author who writes about this stuff, Marie Kondo, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And she's the one where that language of does it strike joy into your heart? So she kind of, not invented, but she put that framing around it where I think a lot of the framework before she came along was find all the things that you hate and get rid of them, right? Find all the things that are heavy to you uh, and just rid them of your life. Whereas she came through and then started saying, hold the things you have and only keep the good things. So find what brings you joy, get rid of everything else. I think that's great. That's like go towards pleasure instead of away from pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. But let's say that I, you know, I work hard all day, you know, I get home after, you know, my 10 hour day at work or whatever. And I don't know, I go right to my, I go right to my shelf where I have a collection of 300 DVDs of different movies and stuff. And I pick out a movie and I watch that movie for two hours before I go to bed. Does that, how do I know if, if that movie is bringing me joy or what I called comfort before, or what we could, you know, I don't know what a different word is, but you know, mm -hmm. like just a distraction or, and when's yeah. it, when's it okay to give you permission, give yourself permission to be distracted, you know, like, but it's probably not joy, but like, it's okay to be distracted too. Like, you know, so how do you differentiate between these things? Mm-hmm there's a certain amount of self-awareness that, that is necessary for this sort of thing. But I think we know, we, we, we know when we're doing something that is a benefit to us and when it's not right. If you feel it, like at least I, I feel it in my gut when you're doing something that does not feel good after doing it. For, so if, if I get caught on the couch for like 45 minutes just scrolling through Instagram and then Facebook and then Twitter and then Instagram and then Facebook and then Twitter. And there's nothing new in that loop. It feels bad. Like it literally, it feels heavy. And you start to realize that you're just doing it to comfort yourself in that moment of boredom or in that moment of, of just not wanting to do the next thing that you really need to do. Right. 
the the very act of engaging in allowing yourself to engage with the world in that way is completely unintentional. It's completely unaware. And it it sort of destroys almost awareness because it doesn't allow yourself to be the, you don't have room to be introspective when it's like, oh, I have an extra three seconds while I'm waiting at the stoplight or, you know, waiting in the doctor's office or whatever thing I have like, oh my God, there's, there's an undefined amount of time. I could be here for a whole minute and not doing something. Right. Like imagine that. I cannot afford to be, I am like afraid to be by myself with my thoughts. I wonder what someone else is thinking on Facebook or, you know, and like, I'm just going to check that right now. So yeah, I agree. It does take a certain amount of awareness, but what if you're not having room for awareness in your life? Then it's all the more important to start thinking about this stuff. I mean, that's, I guess that's what it comes down to is no one is going through that thought process, right? No, I mean, no, you're, right, right, right. That's like, <laughs> you're doing it's a great not a job cognizant of, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're doing a great job of, of uh, kind of playing it out and, and like explaining what the actual feeling is. But the, the, um, the twitch is a micro feeling. It's mm-hmm. a micro distraction in that moment. And it's a muscle memory thing. That's why I literally called it a twitch because it's a physical link between your gut and your arm that just reaches into your pocket and grabs it. And just totally like if, if I, uh, you know, ask you, Hey, can you, I don't know, do you have Facebook or some other app on your phone? Do I? Yeah. Yes, I, I do. Yeah, so sure. So if, if I were to ask you like open Facebook, how quickly could you do it? Or like, would you have to really look at your phone at all to do it? Uh, well, I would need to look at my phone, but I could probably do it within 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Sure. Be quick. So pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. We have these pre-programmed things that initially something like Facebook is a tool that brings a lot of joy to our lives. Mm. And this is not just, this is just about everything. It can be anything, right? Mm. Yep. Talk about moderation. Facebook, when it arrived was this amazing tool to connect with your, your schoolmates in college and to connect with your network and get tied into people that, that really um, shared interests or people that really wanted to uh, connect with you or just different things. Like a lot of people use it for dating in college and stuff like that. There's just, it was just this really cool thing that people were using and it was a tool just like everything. Everything is neutral. Amazon is neutral. Uh, Facebook is neutral. There's no inherent like evil in tools, right? A, a wrench is a wrench until you either fix something or hit someone with it. Anthony, and, oh my God, why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you get my point though, right? It's, it's, uh, it's just a tool. And so what happens is progressively over time, the tool becomes a twitch. Mm-hmm, right. And, it becomes something that we do through our muscle memory instead of our intentional brains. Totally. So we lose that intentionality. And so you said the movie earlier, if you pick up a movie and there's a a good amount of friction in that process, you're, you're getting up from whatever you're doing. You're preparing to go to sleep for the night. You walk over to your DVD collection, grab one, Put it, there's multiple steps, which is what I encourage people to create, to, to create false 
friction. It's like, make it so that you have to do something. Oh, see, now that is, that's a great tip right there because yeah, yeah. Like make it be a lot of work. Don't make it easy to whatever you're doing. Drink, drink yourself into a stupor or, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. watch several movies. That's the problem with, with, uh, with Facebook and watching those shows Portlandia had that uh, super funny episode called One More Episode because it's like, oh, I'm just going to watch one more episode and they just bring it to like the the funny, like crazy, like extreme end of, uh, you know, where they and in this Portlandia skit, they, you know, they're just one more episode, just one more episode. And they, you know, they're there for like days with, you know, and they at some at one point they get up and their hip flexors are like they can't straighten their hips all the way and they they lost their jobs and they're. You know, they only got up because the electricity was shut off because they didn't pay oh, their geez. bill and stuff. I mean, it was uh, it was ridiculous, you know, but it's so darn easy mm-hmm. to keep watching another one. Oh, in 20 seconds, the next one's going to start like it's more work to stop watching the show at that point. Yeah. So that's a great tip. And it doesn't feel good. I'll tell you what, if you at least for me, if I get, you know, in the time I haven't done this in a while, but if you get to the point where you're like, you know, Netflix pulls you into that seventh episode for yeah, the yeah. day, yeah, yeah. you're just like, ugh, you feel dark and heavy, but it's exciting because it's just, it's just appealing to your desire to just get sucked into it. Right. See that exciting is the word you used. I don't know if that's perfect for my experience, but it's, that's what I'm talking about though, is, is like, man, it's, it's, I think it can be really tricky to distinguish between the momentary surge of of dopamine that happens or whatever it is when as you continue to as you do like an action that's not really serving your greater purpose or whatever so mm-hmm. um so talk to me about intentionally living in a digital age you said it's mm-hmm. not you know, Facebook, all these different tools, they're tools, they're neutral, they're not evil, they're not good. In the pre-show, I alluded to the fact that th- there's some people that I feel like they talk about being minimalist and they, they kind of issue all technology as the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's kind of like what the Amish did. It's like, well, we, we use any technology that was developed up until whatever year it was, 1750 or whatever, like I mean, they use the wheel. That's technology. They use yes. that. You know, everything but, is technology, right? Right, but they don't use, but they don't use Facebook or whatever. You know, and 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 it seems so artificial to me. And I don't mean to pick on. I am picking on them, but it's you know, I don't have a thing against them. I'm just saying, it, it feels artificial to me to just say, oh, this is the line in the sand I'm drawing of like anything before this time is okay and after this time isn't okay or whatever. What about intentionally living? How, how, do you, how do you figure out that you're intentionally living? How do you do that? The best way to do that is to slow down <laughs> and pause hmm. because when you're running from one thing to the next, you don't have time to consider if what you're doing is what you actually want to do or not. And I don't want people to think that they need to get stuck in the cycle of Oh my! Wait, do I actually want to be drinking this coffee right now? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. wait, do I want to be sitting? What it, you get really existential and and weird with that, and you can go pretty deep down that rabbit hole. But you don't need to. I think 
if you have a policy in life to try to take a two second pause before you take any action. So two seconds, I can handle that. Right. It's really not too much, but for me, like sugar is my vice. And so trying to create that two second, as an example, trying to create that two second pause before I reach for the gummy bear (laughs) (laughs) to at least consider, right? It's easy to just dunk your hand in there and shove a bunch of chips in your mouth. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing inherently wrong with doing that because they taste good. You know, they're enjoyable, right? For, for a lot of people, but at a certain point you shut off and you, it just becomes the, the action as opposed to the wait, I'm not even hung. I'm not even hungry anymore. Mm. I'm not even, you know, the problem is that products today because of consumer, um, not consumerism because of capitalism and the way that our system works, products are being designed to take advantage of the human nature of uh, addictiveness or the human nature of uh, lacking intentionality. And just doing what's easy. Is that the same thing? Exactly. There's a a great study that's talked about in the book hooked. And um, I I can't can't pronounce his name is near Ayal, I think is his his name, the author. There's a a great study that's, that's spoken about where it says that it is easier to reduce the effort required to do something for a, for a consumer than it is to increase their motivation to do it. So make it easier for someone instead of trying to inspire them to do something hard. Oh, wow. That is really gross. Right. And apps. So that book is a book about designing addictive applications like iPhone applications. And that is the framework that Facebook, that Snapchat, that Instagram, that Uber, think about Uber. We used to take taxis every now and then, right? Sure, yeah. Uber is like a one-click, just, it it, it removed the friction. And that is what all companies that want to make your money and um, and take your attention from you are doing. They're just continually, because it's hard to motivate us. To, to do something difficult, the goal is to make everything else easy. And, mm. and at this point, capitalism is who can make everything the easiest. And it's, it's scary where that's going to end up. Uh, that once, is, uh, like you've mentioned it a couple of times, like, you know, um, it just feels bad. When you say that, I, don't, I get this really gross feeling inside my body. Like, man, Let's not inspire anyone to do anything. Let's just make it more convenient to do it than not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that, that is the saddest thing. Yeah. And keep us distracted. I mean, at, at this point, our attention is a commodity just as much as our money is because of the pay-per-click and the, the viewership advertising market online. It... Uh, our, our attention is the new, our attention is the new commodity. Mm. And so if they can just keep us like, keep us twitching, keep us in that perpetual state of seeking mm. of just the uh, discomfort and fear, like the news, uh, it's just terrible. 
they can keep us in in fear and constantly bouncing from one thing to the next. They get to capture our attention and they're fighting over over that attention and we're the only people that are losing. Have you seen the video? I, I've posted it on my Facebook twice in the last six months. It's There's this video where it's it's this spoof of prescription drug ads mm-hmm. but it's but it's for nature instead prescription strength nature or something like that like and and it, it, you know and there's this guy that's you know they they show these like people uh hiking and i think jumping from a dock into the water and you know doing awesome fun nature things and th- just all the languaging is like super funny it's like uh, if you are, if you have trouble being uncomfortable for more than thirty seconds, nature may not be right for you. And you know, like <laughs> all these things, like you know, ask your doctor if nature is right for you. All this stuff, like in the exact like voice that you would expect to hear from, like you know, ask your doctor about Lipitor or whatever. Right. And uh, man, that is funny. I mean, it's that's great. Yeah. I'm going to put that in the show notes if I can. I don't, I always like wonder, is there like some copyright thing I'm not supposed to be doing right now? But um, I think that's okay to do that. Yeah, that's um, not going to hurt. You said friction. I can't remember the word you, you used mm-hmm. the adjective with it, but uh can't remember what, but basically friction. And so here's a good example. You were talking about like gummy bears or chips or whatever, like, eating them over and over and over hand in the hand in the bag hand in the bag that's a practical example of of what you were saying about make it a little bit hard it's if if you want gummy bears or chips or whatever it and you and you pause for a couple seconds like you said and think oh do i really want the chips and then you're like yep i do i do want those (laughs) chips and then, then like grab eight of them (laughs) or or however many you know grab like a handful put them in a bowl Mm -hmm. put the bag away step away from the bag take the bowl you know sit down wherever you're going eat that bowl and then when you get to the bottom of the bowl if you're starving you can go open the bag and grab eight more chips or whatever instead of having that bag there Mm -hmm. and just being like Yep, I do want another one. Yep, I do want another one. And just, you know, so that's a that's a easy practical example. I don't know if mm-hmm. there's always that easy to to make friction with all of your habits, but right. you could It's look- not probably that direct of an example like as is with food, right? Yeah, yeah. I it but yeah, intentional friction. It's it's like creating it's environmental design essentially is creating the environment for our success. We have to remove the discipline from ourselves because we have a tank of discipline throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And the more we require of ourselves, the more that goes away mm. and faster. Mm-hmm. And so when we run out, we're just, it's just like over. And that's when the binge eating happens. That's when the, yeah. you know, the binge washing happens, whatever binging, you know, is for you. But the, the beauty of this is you can hack your life. I don't even like that term, but you can, edit your life but it's really cool now it's it is really super cool. a cool hack. word life right hack. now life hack, hack your life yeah you can change your life in ways that make sense by doing things like for example if you're going grocery shopping you're getting food for what a week or two right uh, a lot of times i just do it for like a an afternoon unfortunately i well or, that's or fine. fortunately <laughs> well you know either way the yeah, yeah. um i know a lot of families that that shop 
you know, you go for a week at a time and fill up the fridge and you get stuff. That would make sense to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, what you can do, uh, if you struggle with junk food in, in the house is what you can do is you can eat one meal of like crappy food and junk food and gummy bears and whatever you want. And then immediately go shopping because, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Right. And so, after you, the last thing you want after you've eaten a bunch of gummy bears is like a bunch of gummy bears because mm-hmm. after a while they just don't <laughs> doesn't feel good <laughs> and and so you're in that environment and essentially you're hacking the the chain from way up high you're you're beating it from the source because once you don't bring in you don't buy the stuff at the grocery store then you don't bring it into your your home mm. and once it's not in your home you've added a ton of friction to the process of going and getting a gummy bear because you don't have any at home. And so if you want some, you have to get in your car or go for a walk to to the local convenience store and go find some. And at least you're burning calories then Uh, on on the way, right? Do you, do you work out? Uh, yep. A couple times a week. What's that? A couple times a week. Yeah. A couple times a week. What do you do typically? Just something different every time or? Yeah, I vary it. Usually just like cardio, bike, um, walking on the like inclined walk on the treadmill and then just some lifting like benching bench press stuff like that okay i i don't know if you have this experience or not but i when i after i'm done working out i almost never want to eat gummy bears i mean <laughs> gummy yeah, bears me, aren't me my either. thing yeah. but but you know what i mean it's like when you're i feel like when you make like a really healthful choice and exercise like is something that first of all I do a lot it, it it seems particularly to me that that when I exercise I I want to I typically want to follow up with something else good it's like well I don't want to screw that work up you know I mean yeah. screw the work up out with you know filling the tank with low octane fuel or whatever like I right. like you I'm, just uh, spend a lot of time and energy yeah doing yeah. that yeah, right. You know, so now I'm going to put spirulina and chia in with my coconut water and I'm going to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's expensive designer ways to to be healthy and stuff too, you know, but and whatever floats your friends. boat, you know. Yeah, exactly. I guess I'm just saying I'm offering that as like another solution as could you go to the grocery store after you're done working out instead of binging on the gummy bears and then going. But either way is, I mean, they're both good tips, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, from a health perspective, you're way better off going to the gym and then going shopping, which is what honestly what my wife and I do. We we go to the gym and then we go to Trader Joe's afterwards uh, most of the time. So it's uh, it's creating that framework. But I guess yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. In, from a health perspective, I don't mean to go binge on gummy bears <laughs> before you go shopping every day. Like like well, going shopping, to the, you know, you should go to the supermarket every day. And just I'm, I'm such a health nerd that I, I probably couldn't just, I probably just couldn't pass that up. I just, <laughs> I appreciate that you, you didn't pass it up because you're right. Um, I, I just kind of use it as, as an example of environment design. Yeah, very of, good example. Yeah. yeah, of being able to do that, and you can, um, eating even just a full, big, healthy meal, just being full is the point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So Anthony, we're kind of getting to the end here. We got to wrap it up, and I want to ask you, what is your top health tip? Yeah, well, I would say that in terms of just health in general or our general well-being, 
the best thing that we can do, as I was mentioning kind of earlier, is creating that intentional friction in the things that we know are not good for us and creating the environment as opposed to depending on our discipline, creating the environment that works best for us to encourage us to do the things that we want to do. Intentional friction. I love it. I'm all about the environment. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the retreats that I run called Habitat Retreats. Mm, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that's all about environment. I mean, habitat environment, it's, it's like, that's why I love being able to have people come and, and do a retreat because it's literally we're immersing someone in a healing environment or a healing habitat. Mm-hmm. And so I love that idea of intentionally setting up your habitat, your environment, uh, you can do it sort of in a, in a positive way too, like setting your environment up in a positive way, but also setting it up in, you know, using, uh, let's see, it's not going to sound right if I say negative, but you know how an mm-hmm. artist speaks about negative space? I don't yeah. mean it negative bad, I mean negative. Oh yeah, no, negative, not create, creating, creating yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like you're setting up it in that negative space kind of way of, setting up that friction to make the things that are quote unquote potentially bad if you overdo them uh, to make it harder to do those things. Intentional friction. I, I really like that. That's actually a great way of saying it because negative space attracts positive things, you know? Yeah. Uh, nature abhors a vacuum, right? Very mm-hmm. cool. Thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Thank you for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.